Welcome to the Four Corners Podcast with Lenny Marcus. Joining me today, as always, is my co-host, Neil, the security guard on Supermarket Sweet Potter. Oh, yeah, you got to put some gravy on that. <laughs> Four topics, 15 minutes each. We're just killing time. Kill it with us. Our Gmail, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram is the number 4C podcast. Subscribe on iTunes. Listen to us on the Laugh Button Network, thelaughbutton.com. Today's guest is a comedic actor and personality originally from South Ozone Park, New York. He has appeared in bits on The Tonight Show, Good Day New York, and America's Funniest Home Videos. He is currently the host of Midnight Snacks Max on 103.1 Max FM on Long Island, and he currently hosts his own podcast called The Big Mike Radio Program. He once appeared in a critically acclaimed short film called The Walker, directed by yours truly, and he was fantastic. He also has a book you can buy on Amazon called The Fattest Guy in the Room. And right now, he's the fattest guy on the phone. It's Big Mike Woo! Sengiamo. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks for having Woo! me, uh, Lenny. It's great to talk to you again. Yes. I miss you, Mike. Um, I miss you, too. That was a very fun time in my life. Oh, that's great. Well, that's, uh, a, that's a special moment right there. <laughs> Well, I want to say that you're you're great at being a big man, that's for sure, and you take it. And I want to tell the audience right off the bat because it's going to help me not looking like you know, um, this is a, a you know a, a one sided you know attack job. You're a large man, and you have very real, interesting take on it. Like I'm fat, I'm just going to roll with it. Is that basically your life's uh, motto? Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, I, I think that much of my life, like most people that struggle with weight issues uh i i carried it as though it was a curse and a burden and i thought if i somehow was able to uh hide it that people wouldn't notice the fact that i was <laughs> fat uh and then when you get into your uh then when, then when you realize when you come to the uh the age of reason you realize that you know just because you're wearing your shirt in the pool doesn't mean people don't realize well, the reason why he's wearing a shirt in the pool is because he's got man boobs, and he doesn't want you to see them. <laughs> yeah. So then I just took my shirt off. There you go. You can't care at some point. Um, what is your current weight and height for people listening on a radio? That's a, an interesting question. So since we've <laughs> last, uh, you know, been together, yes, I actually did lose over a hundred pounds. Are you serious? Wow. What were you? So what, what? What were you back then? So my highest weight ever clocked was, and actually this is the first time anyone's ever going to hear this number. I oh, wow. I do keep this number. Uh, I, I kept it secret because it's a, it's an embarrassing number. Personally, I I can't believe that I ever let myself get as as heavy as I was. But I was four hundred and eleven pounds. Wow. Oh, okay. That's, that's I, and and that's probably what I was around the time that we were filming The Walker. Okay. Oh wow. Okay. And. and uh, yeah, I was in a great deal of pain, and so when we, how many years ago did we film The Walker? Uh, I want to say three, four. Yeah, three. I think four years. Four ago. Four years ago, maybe. Yeah. 
yeah, so I, I think at that point I was, I, I had just started getting into working with the radio stations. Right. And, uh, yeah, I like, you know, my, my take on it, I, I was fat and well, yes, there was emotional issues that came with that. It was more the physical pain that started to get to me. Right. You remember when we had to walk the entire length of the park, it was very difficult. Yeah. Uh, I was in a lot of pain. And uh, but I was still at that weight for a, a while. I, I probably I was in a in a range of probably twenty pounds up or down. I don't know if I ever weighed more than four hundred eleven. I just know that four eleven was my highest that I've ever clocked at a you know on a scale at a dock on a truck scale a truck stop outside of uh, you know Kearney, New Jersey. So what are you um, like? Are you three now? Three hundred? Yeah. So now I'm yeah I'm in the I'm in the low threes. Uh, I. As I did a weight loss program, I endorsed a weight loss program through the radio station, you know, the, I, as an endorsement, and it really had it, it. It's changed my life. It's I'm still a fat person. Obviously, anybody over 250 pounds, we can still go down to the Sizzler and eat some ribs together, and call ourselves fat. Uh, but I, but yeah, but the pain has subsided substantially, oh, and I, I do feel like. I now I have uh, the the keys to to, to lose weight. Uh, it, you know, it's a lot of effort, but I, now I know something that actually works, and it worked for me. Well, well, how, how yeah, tall? I'm very wait, happy about that. How tall are you now? So I'm five uh, five six and a half, and you know you could probably put me in the books at uh, probably like. 298 pounds in that range. Well, you, get, you know, if you were taller, you'd yeah. be an offensive lineman at that weight. But yeah, they yeah. Are. what's the pain? Yeah. When you say the pain, is it it's all like knees, joints, is, right? Yeah, legs, joints, or ev- uh, everything. My, for me, at that point in my life, in my late 30s, having been over 300 pounds for over 15 years at that point, I my, my lower back was mm. by far. The most excruciating of all the pain uh, okay. that I that I had ever felt. I okay. there was knee pain, but it was but I would never not be able to do something because my knees hurt. When I would go anywhere, my lower back pain would be. It was a reason not to do things. I'll go. I couldn't walk a hundred yards Jeez. without severe back pain. I had I had if I sat down for two minutes, I'd be able to go again. Yeah. But yeah, that's what she said. Uh, I, but, but, but sustained movement was very difficult. There's a lot of pressure and believe it or not. And this is actually a a fascinating part of when I actually, you know, committed to doing a weight loss program. All the, the main deal was obviously changing what you eat. And I only lost 10 pounds, but I had been eating the, 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 the right foods. You know, no no carbohydrates, no sugars, right. vegetables and proteins and fruits. I'd only been eating them for, I think it was nine days when my back pain basically kind of went away. Wow. So I was still very fat. I was still 388 pounds at that point when I was doing that. But my back pain had subsided. It was because of the, the, the foods that I was eating that was... Uh, Making my, you know, I was, I had all the, I was always swollen, you know. I was, yeah. I, I had a, a lot of, uh, it was, I was always swollen. So, Did we, know, the we, pain we went away after only eating, you no, know, eating well for ten days. That's terrific. We, were, were you a, uh, were you a fat child? Obviously, 
I yeah, guess. Yeah. And was I, it I, always I, like, were they, you know, were your parents always trying to get you to lose weight or was there fat camps involved or anything like that? Or is everybody in the family a little heavy and they were like, ah, he's just a kid. He's eating. It's yeah, Italian. No, there, was, there was never a concerted, a concerted effort to send me to a fat camp. It was always, it was always talked about, but it was never, my family never made me feel like I was, but that I I must go lose weight now, otherwise I'm going to have issues. My father, I talk about this in the book that my father, in my mind, was always the the fattest person I knew, and in uh, he'd probably be really upset if he knew that I was talking about that. But it, it, to everybody else that was fat, if you were Captain Lou Albano on television or King Kong Bundy, yeah, like you were an imaginary character. Right. You know, they were like a Dickens character to me, not existent. But my father, I physically knew him. You know, I saw him every day, and he was overweight. And he was the fattest guy that I knew. So I always compared myself to him. Like, as long as I'm not as fat <laughs> as my father, I might not actually really be fat. Ah. But when when I surpassed him, that was when. I was, that was a wake-up call. But that was at the end of high school when that happened. But then... So I was always a fat kid, and I was always the fattest kid in class. Yep. I was always the fattest kid on the bus. I was always the fattest kid in any group that I did things in. And eventually that's why I, I wrote the fattest guy in the room. Cause that's what I always felt. And somehow you've, so you've, but okay, here's the, the weird part of this. Like you've monetized this now to books and you know, you get to play, I've seen you play Santa Claus. I've seen you as a giant leprechaun. I yeah. mean, I mean, so, you know, the, you got involved with subway sandwiches, you know, this whole thing. So You've monetized it, so is there like a de incentive for you to lose even more weight? I mean, you have you want to stay a little big because it'll ruin your income. Is that crazy? Uh, no, it, it's a it's an honest question. It's a real question. It, it is something that I I had considered and con- continue to to think about. I think that now at this point in my life, at this point in my career, having been, having been afforded the opportunity to do many different things, now I understand, and I'm sure you gentlemen as, as, as entertainers, as comedians, you understand, so much of it is in your, the, your charisma. So much of it is, is in your personality. So much of it is your, uh, your ability to entertain and your personality. It's not, that is just an element of who I am. Right. Being overweight is just an element of who I am. There are so many other things that I have, and so many other skills that I have learned to hone that I realize I even if I, I mean, I don't think I'm ever going to be 150 pounds right. unless I get some terrible disease <laughs> uh, or I amputate some limbs, you know. <laughs> but I think that I would still be Big Mike because the big was always ultimately became a reference to my personality, not just my enormous stomach that could be measured only using exponent. Well, that's true. And, but, you know, nobody likes a skinny Santa Claus either, you know? No, no, no. <laughs> then I, I have to come up with another, uh, just another, another thing. There you go. I've done. Yeah. yeah. Hey, well, you see, what's great. his name on TV? Uh, I mean, movies, Jonah Hill. And he, he was kind of made a career being a heavier guy. Then he lost all his weight. Nothing changed, really. Is kind yeah, of what he, you're saying. he just got different roles. That's yeah, all. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it, 
who I am. And, you know, now that I'm, I'm, I'm 41 years old now, it, it, I don't really see that it's ever going to, I'm never going to be able to delete it from what makes up Mike Sanjamo. It's always going to be part of who I am. And, but I realized it, the physical pain that I was in yeah, was, it. Mm-hmm. Un, it was becoming unbearable that built that makes up big Mike Sanjamo. When I, whenever I gain weight or I, I lost all my hair, I just say it's for a part. I'm doing this for it's a research. It's, it's for a part. role. It's a role. That's just my. Yeah, I, when, when I sh- I shaved, I started shaving my head at some point, and <laughs> I remember doing something that it, it looked odd that I had shaved my head, yeah. and it, but it was I was in a professional environment, and I I didn't want to. Ha- I didn't have a good answer. Like, why did you shave your head? I shaved my head because I wanted it, and I liked Stone Cold Steve Austin, so I shaved my head. <laughs> but. I was telling them it was for a part. Barry, that's yeah, it. There you, go. Cool. there you go. <laughs> Have you been, has the pandemic treating you, is it easier to like stay on a diet or has it, do you just eat more or, you know, are you no, it's, helpful or not helpful? It is, it's not helpful. It's, it, it is, it makes it more difficult to, to watch what you're eating. But so there was only a, a short period of time during the pandemic where I, I, I didn't really leave the house only for essentials because in my current role, right. I, I went into a, a survival mode very early on. I, I realized maybe it's my experience, maybe because I've worked in different, worked for different companies, uh, worked in different industries. I, for some reason, my thought was there's a limited amount of time that this company is going to pay you to sit home and do nothing. Right. It's just, not feasible, like in the beginning, because remember we thought it was going to uh, two weeks. Then two weeks became four, and then six, and then two months. I was like, listen, we got to get, we better get active. If, if your job, sixty percent of my job is in the community, sixty percent of my job is connecting with people, sixty percent of my job is building relationships out and about, doing events. And your job is working for this radio station, right? As doing public events. Yeah. So. It's a, it's a radio station group out in Long Island. We have five radio stations, and I'm the director of local marketing and promotions, but I also do a bunch of on-air shifts, and I'm a character actor that appears on a bunch of the shows. Mm-hmm. And I knew that if, if my responsibility was to continue and, and keep the relationship with people out in the community, I knew that I was going to have to figure out a way to still do that safely during a global pandemic and it took a little bit took a little bit of effort to figure out exactly how but thankfully and i'm extremely grateful that the company continued to believe in my ability to come up with a createful solution uh create grateful that's not a word creative solution <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm very happy and and it's worked out and then so then as it goes bringing it back to trying to eat healthy then i was busier than I ever was because in addition to trying to keep my job, you know, there's other responsibilities you have to absorb because obviously the company was going to have to make some cutbacks to stay afloat. So then I was absorbing other roles and other responsibilities and continuing to do what I had always done. And now we all have, you know, there's less people doing more things. We all had to pull together. and, And thankfully I could say I'm very happy that, that I, I, I was where I was when this happened. And you stayed healthy? If health? I go back through time, I, 
I probably would have lost my job if I was in any of the roles I was in. All right. All right. The second corner I want to talk about is obesity itself. You wrote this book, you know, the fattest guy in the room. Like I have a million questions. Okay. Let's, uh, they can be rapid fire as well. Um, so when you look, they used to say at least within the last 10 years, obesity is an epidemic. True, false. Absolutely true. True. With the way we feed people or what is causing this problem? I think there are a number of factors that are affecting the the way we perceive people that are overweight. And I also think there are a number of factors that are actually contributing to people gaining weight, gaining more weight, and gaining more weight quicker than ever before. And it all comes down to how we eat and what we eat and what we what we think we're eating when we're eating. We 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 may be thinking something's very healthy, but it's actually not. And like, that, the like, lack of that education is, is part of what's contributing like to cin- the epidemic. Like Cinnabons, healthy or not? <laughs> <laughs> there, I'm sure, I don't go to the Cinnabons very often. I'm sure there's probably some good options for you, but I'm sure a, a drippy, gooey Cinnabon is, is probably something that you want to pick as an indulgence. Not as a, a regular sustainable food. All right, thank you. I thank mean, you no, for that. yeah, the whole Mike Mike Santiago, <laughs> yeah. uh, stay nutritionist. away from cinema. Yeah, cinema. <laughs> but the problem is, like, <laughs> the problem is, like, I grew up. I have a taste, and it's hard to. I can't get rid of it. I have a taste for bad food, if that makes sense. Yeah. I just, that's what I crave. I crave bad, I crave. Meal is the worst. Anything fried. I I don't know. Anything fried. It's it's built in me. It's like I can't, as much as my cat wants to hunt a a mouse, like that's his, it's built in this cat. Like It's built in me. How do you get rid of that? To get fish, you know, if he eats fish, he eats catfish, which is supposedly the worst fish you can eat. But a bag of, yeah, a bag of potato chips tastes so much better than me than an apple. But I mean, it's just like a built in, especially when I'm really hungry. Well, everybody has that because even when you're a kid, like I cannot get Bert, my daughter to eat anything, you know, like and but chicken fingers yeah. and pasta, you know, like at, at the end of the day. So I, is we, that it? Is we, it developed early? Cause yeah, like, because I grew they up won't on a lot eat. of fast food. I you love won't fast eat. food. People want little children won't eat healthy food. They just can't do it. Well, they just put so much sugar in it. that it gets you like it. Do, do you have that taste for things? Yeah, absolutely. If, if I were to. My entire life, I could probably, I probably ate the same five to ten food items over and over and over and over again because I developed the taste for that specific thing. Like what? And that's what I continue to keep going back to the well. And I still do that even today. I get in these uh, these jags where uh, I'm on a I'm on a kick. My current kick, if I might indulge you, sure. yes. is sausage parmesan. For some oh, reason, that sounds so I, good. If you take anything. And put some, you know, tomato sauce and mozzarella cheese on it. Yep. I'm gonna eat it. You make squirrel parmesan. I'm gonna probably gonna try it. And now I'm on sausage parmesan, and it's very hard to get off of it. <laughs> so I try to make adjustments. I have less sausage. I I have less cheese. Yeah. And I, I try to do it that way. And believe it or not, if you're able to manage not having that much sausage and not just covering it in mountains and mountains and mountains of cheese. Mm, yeah. You might still be okay. You like manage like once a week. I get like Saturdays my sausage parmesan day. I get it once a week. Is that what? Or is manage once a month? Or yeah, what's what is? What no, do you mean? I mean I'm not. Yeah, I'd probably say I'm eating. I would have sausage parmesan once a week, 
but instead, so back in the day, I was just thinking about this. Like, oh, what, man. Neil, what, I, what are you I'm doing? I'm getting excited guy. right now. I'm getting <laughs> yeah. excited. Hit me with it. If I were to tell you what what would what used to qualify as a snack, yeah, compared to what now qualify now snacks are basically eliminated, and we're talking about dinner, it would just totally blow your hair. Back I believe it. I believe it. I couldn't believe. I can't believe that 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 was what I would eat. But uh, even a traditional sausage parmesan dinner from your favorite Italian restaurant—that's yeah. really a portion for two or three people. Yeah. And I would hammer that down, no problem, by myself. Now I could still have it, but I I don't have the entire thing. I try to you know split it up, and yeah. I ask for very little cheese, and yeah. I make those adjustments. But where, where's the wait? Where's the ba- the battle though? What that's to me the battle. Like so, if I get a sar- sausage parmesan, which sounds really good, and I, I <laughs> if I eat like just half of it, right? Like I'm a good person. I just eat half of my sandwich. Then I'm freaking still starving. So then it, the, it's like a mental warfare, mental battle to, to if I can just hold off for like an hour, I'm good. But right. or thirty minutes, but I can't. You hold need to off. keep moving. That's the thing. You need to move on from the food. Like you you finish that half, but or I'm whatever. still hungry. You know it. You got to tell yourself that was enough. <laughs> food go do something uh, just, just sitting there just talks to me I can't uh, help it. well mike what what food like is the slowly i turn you you're you're walking through a room and it's something on it like what can you not resist like oh my god this is going to be awful like i cannot i have to have one of those is it a cookie is it like it, it's probably bread? Any, any, the sweets i'm a chocolate guy i uh i i, I always yield to the dark master the cocoa beans. <laughs> uh, it's and that's uh, chocolate. I chocolate. Yeah. And it's very hard to avoid chocolate. And when I did the 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 dramatic, hey, I got to commit to this weight loss. Yeah, there was there was no sugar. Pro- like no, I didn't even yeah. allow myself even a taste because I knew. Yeah. For for me, and this is probably another element of it that's very important. I I don't have any other addiction. I, I've never smoked. I don't do drugs. I don't really drink. If I drink, I don't. I'm like I don't have to get drunk every night. But for me, food, I was like an alcoholic with food. Yeah. And it was my coping. It was. I. I. I there was. There was this moment. It was the second day I was in the diet, and I, I was very special day at work. And my coworkers were like, "Let's go out to the bar." Now I don't really do that. I was a, a fat kid from Queens. I, everybody else went to the bar in the club. I went to Subway restaurants to right. get three foot longs for nine ninety nine. That was, to me, was a good night. Right. So. Oh, you got three in one time. That's, say that again. Three. You got three foot longs. Oh yeah, three foot longs for nine ninety nine. Yeah. Oh, that was no problem. Shit. Yeah. That nice. was that was a great deal. Yeah. I mean, now the prices have gone up with inflation, but yeah. that was a great deal. Yeah. But that particular night, second yeah. day of the diet, a very a very difficult day to get through. My coworkers were like, "Let's come on, man. Let's go to the bar. This is what people do." And I had a drink, and I had a whole. When I was driving, I mean, I had one drink. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, don't drink and drive. Stay in school. Right. I couldn't. When I was driving home, I had to physically hold the steering wheel from turning into the Burger King drive-through. <laughs> I had to like consciously stop the car yeah. from driving into the Burger King drive-through, and that that night was a breakthrough because I realized. This is going to the bar and having a drink to relax. That's what normal people were doing at the time. Right. What I would normally do is I'd have a special day at work. I'd go to the Burger King drive through I'd get the original chicken sandwich with extra cheese, maybe egg bacon, maybe not egg bacon. I don't know. But I'd get French <laughs> fries, and of course i got to get some 
bar and I'd watch television, <laughs> and that was my me getting drunk. Yeah, that was what I did. It does sound Instead good. Instead of getting drunk, you, I did that. What about now in the world, like big booties are in and with women, everybody's trying to get their their ass bigger. It's like big, like comfortable. Not everybody has to be a rail anymore. It's like whatever your body is, whatever your body is. Do you do you get any? Uh, do you get any points for that now? Like people are like, ah, whatever, we'll let it be. Is there anything? Not, not really, because I, I still think, I, I still think it is widely believed that, you know, that a specific body type, it, it, it's not, it's not the common way people end up getting together. Mm-hmm. So, and I think that, that, for me, the point always was, I felt. And I don't know where I got the 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 inspiration, or I don't know what the catalyst was to make me feel this way, but I felt a little bit inhuman because of how fat I was. Mm. And I still there's still remnants of that here today. I, I, by no means have I conquered every demon that has plagued me through my existence. Right. But I do think it's an important message. When you say I go out there and I'm a fat guy and I just roll with it and I've been able to kind of roll it into who I am, the ultimate message is, like, we can all laugh about it. It's funny. When you see me going down the water slide, it's funny. I laugh because it's funny, and I get that it's funny. It's fine that we all laugh, but I don't think that anybody should – you shouldn't feel bad because you're fat. You shouldn't feel any less valuable – or a less ability to contribute to the world because you're fat. That's true. And that was really what I dealt with and occasionally still deal with every day of my life. Yeah, and I hear you. Hold on, Mike, hold on one second. We, we had something at the door here. Hold on. Sure, no problem. Coming back. Oh, okay, so the uh, wait, the other thing. So the thing that, you know, have you ever, it goes back to like, have you ever read this book, The Artist's Way? Remember this book? Yeah, I remember that book. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> the, they used to always have this bit in here like, once you have an audition, reward yourself, and you get a call back. Yeah, like go reward yourself. Right, and that's what I would do. What'd you do? I remember I'd go to like Old Town Tavern. Yeah, and I'd have like two chili cheese hot dogs, <laughs> or a chili cheeseburger with chili cheese fries. It's like in my mind, reward myself was okay. I'm gonna eat. Did I'm you gonna re- eat the shittiest meal? So it's <laughs> it's like in me too. It's like it's a weird thing that that's. But that's what I remember that book, and I'm like after like. After I did it too many times, I'm like, okay, I clearly that's probably they didn't mean on every callback or every <laughs> audition. <laughs> but I was like, I was like, when I got a callback, I was so excited because I'd be at Old Town Tavern and they had the best chili, and I'd be. But it is, it is. God in forbid me. he landed something, Mike. <laughs> yeah, what yeah, what yeah, would that yeah, have been? Yeah, yeah. Heroin? <laughs> Peter Luger's baby. That's what I'd be like. <laughs> like oh, yeah. But it is built in. Like, okay, you got to go celebrate this moment, and, and celebration would mean a big meal and a good or a bad meal. Yeah. So like food is always used as a reward or, you know, or, you know, that's how people reward themselves. A yes. good meal. Take everybody out to dinner. Let's but is eat. my big question is, is eating shitty? Okay. If you're working out like crazy and you're like, can I go to Shake Shack at least two or three times a week? If two I'm or ex- three. Yeah, if I'm working out, if I'm doing shit. I guess so. It was like Pete Corielli, remember, he, he used to he'd smoke like a chimney, but then he would get up every morning and go to the gym for an hour. So is that like, is nah, that negating smoke, the smoking? Well, smoking is, I don't know. You're right. You're I, right. I don't, you know, I think it, there's Damn a way it. to, you got to stay like, the course. Okay, is Shake Shack healthy, bad food? No. 
It's just bad food. But they make the burgers better. It's what does like, that mean? Well, like McDonald's is clearly horrible food. It's chemicaled up. It's got sugar. And every, it's got, Shake Shack is a burger with the same shit in but it. That's the that's the flavor. Uh, all the that's the flavor. Yeah, no, I mean, in Ireland, in Ireland, they can't, the bread of Subway, I read, and, and the bread in, in Ireland, they can't even call their bread bread. It has so much sugar in it right. that Ireland refused yeah. to let Subway call it bread anymore. Yeah, they should. So, but Shake Shack, like a good place is actually, so like In-N-Out Burger is like, they're still making healthy fast food. Is that, they're not does that making make sense? They're or is not that just in my, I'm, It's I'm in compl- your head. You oh, put man, this I feel so much better when I'm eating those places. Well, yeah, like instead of McDonald's, <laughs> I, for, for years I'd be like, oh, McDonald's, but all right, if I have to go somewhere, I'll go to Wendy's because that's not as bad as McDonald's. No, though, but that's know, like ridiculous. No, I know all those places you're killing yourself. However, it's still the fries do taste good at McDonald's. But Shake Shack and In N Out Burger or like these taco places all over New York City now, uh, they feel healthier. Even though I, it's bad food. I mean, you could make a case for Chipotle being slightly better. Oh, yeah, that's a perfect example. Is, am am I getting healthy shit at Chipotle? You, you're getting healthier shit, but it's also filled with like more salt than you need for like a week. Yes. So I don't know that you're, you're winning that game. Just sure. do, you, do you like big women? I love all women, Daddy. I love all women, <laughs> all shapes and sizes, all colors and creeds. There you just go. Give, just share my number, Lenny. I need some help in that department. There you go. All right. Do you is furniture when you see a chair like just a four regular just like chair? I'm like I can't I can't do that chair. Are there chairs uh, that you look at that go? Nope, that's not going to do it. I I I haven't met a chair that I looked at and, and unless it was like a an, you know, an antique. Uh, really, when it comes down to chairs, it's more booths, you know, being able to fit in a booth or a confined space, you know, things with armrests. I, I, I still try to sit in them, you know, but I, I, I greatly prefer chair, sturdy chairs with no armrests. Okay. Because why the hell do we even need armrests on a chair anyway? <laughs> it's like we made a chair. And we said, no, that's not good enough. We need a chair that not everybody can sit in. Let's make <laughs> what about uh, planes? What do you do on a plane? Uh, back in the day, it was rough. Now, now I, I fit in the plane. I, I, you know, no seatbelt extender. The day that I didn't have to use a seatbelt extender anymore, we put the flag out for a party. Nice. I, I still will always, and no matter what, and I do talk about this in the award-winning book, Fattest Guy in the Room, <laughs> I don't want to sit next to anybody on the plane. I don't want, I, listen, Lenny, I love you, but if we went on a plane trip, we would try to sit in the window in the aisle right. and hope nobody sits in the middle. That's right. That's So I don't want to sit next to anybody. I don't want to sit in the middle. Even if I lost another 150 pounds, yeah. I would not want to sit in the middle. But I'm a, I'm a window guy. I, I always be. Play me in that seat. I ain't getting up. I don't want to use the bathroom. I, I don't even, I, I probably can't fit in the bathroom anymore. Great. <laughs> I had the story. I remember this lady was this uh even bigger than you, Mike. I worked with a lady one time and I was looking at a computer screen. She like rolled her chair over and was looking at this uh, screen over my shoulder and I was pointing something out and I'm, she's like, do you have that piece of paper? And I was going to roll my seat back to this other part of the desk and I, I pushed off as hard as I could to roll the chair back and I didn't move one millimeter <laughs> and I realized that this woman had put her toe underneath my the roller of the back corner of the chair and i could not roll one millimeter so yeah we um, call that the doorstop when we have a fat idiot, we talk about that about that's how that's what we talk about behind all the skinny people's backs that's awesome all right let's move on 
All right. The last thing I want to talk, we're going to go third quarter today is the New York Giants. You're a huge Giants fan. You're literally a very big fan. There you go. Yeah. And you have a a man cave, a Giants man cave, or is that your friend? I can't remember. One of you has a huge man cave that you watch all the games in. You guys are very intense. Yeah. That's my buddy Pete. That's my buddy Pete out there in Smithtown. Got a great, great man cave. Every screen, it was mission control. We got 10 screens running. Every game's going. You still doing it? sit there and and watch the Giants lose, and we cry. You still doing it? Yep, still doing it. Uh, Although, you know, you know there's not a lot to see when it comes to the Giants in the last couple of years. We'll talk about it, but I want you to tell Neil this story. So your favorite player in the Giants, give us the story and why. All right, my favorite player on the Giants is none other than number 86, Ron Dixon. Ron Dixon. Ron Dixon was a wide receiver for the New York Giants uh, back in the early 2000s. That's right. And this is basically what happened. I was a Giants fan my entire life. I grew up in a Giants family. And we very rarely, I never really got a chance to go to games. My father wasn't into that. So this particular season was the first time I got to actually go to a Giants game. And it was a great experience. We loved it. And they ended up making the playoffs. So we said, listen, we've been to a Giants game this year. Now they're in the playoffs. We have to go. They're the number one seed, man. we got to get tickets. we got to figure it out. So we got tickets. It was Giants-Eagles divisional playoff round. In, that was in 2000. And we're sitting all the way up in the 300 seats. So way, 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 way up. And if you ever went to old Giants Stadium, the seats in the top tier of the bowl were very, very steep. The seat down in front of you wasn't really at your knees. It was more at your ankles. Yep. And we were sitting in the spot where basically our view of the game, it was kind of like the Madden football view, vertical, right through the goalposts, we could see the other touchdown. That was the view we had. Right. And the, 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 the emotion of the kickoff was so intense. It was the fans were rabid. The place was rocking. The, the, the building was shaking. And we, it was, it, it had to be, it was probably the closest thing you would ever see to like back in the old times of the Roman Coliseum when they'd bring the man in to get eaten by the tiger. That's how <laughs> rapid the, the people were. And Hell's Bells is playing on the speakers. The yeah. place is going nuts with the white towels and everything. And we look across the field and there's a, there's a player. And at that point, we didn't really know much about him. But he's on the other goal line, and he's walking back and forth on the goal line, and he's pointing, and he looks like he's pointing at us. He looks <laughs> like he was pointing at me, and we, we all, me and my friends were like, he's calling his shot. He's calling his shot. He's saying he's going to run it back, and we're like, now listen, Lenny can tell you, Giants never run back a kick for never. A they certainly don't do it in a playoff game. Nope. They certainly don't do it in a playoff game against the rival Eagles. And they certainly don't do it in a playoff game against the rival Eagles while Big Mike is in the building. Right. But on this day, that is what happened. They kicked the ball off. Ron Dixon caught it. He went about two steps. It looked like he tripped over the five-yard line. And I put my hands over my eyes and looked up at the sky because I thought he was falling. And then it was a roar. And I looked back. And he's at the 50-yard line. He's gone. You could, the, there was no Eagles on the field anymore. It was like it was like they shot him out of a cannon. And, and <laughs> you could drive a big truck right down the middle of the field. He was gone. He was going to score. There was nobody even close to catching him. And we start going berserk. What was insanity became completely off the rails 
podium. And I'm, I'm hugging the people behind me. They were banging the big Hess sign. It was so loud, everything. And then, nothing. Total silence. Darkness. I fainted. <laughs> I completely passed out. I was out. I, I, that was it. That's my last memory. The next thing I remember is I'm looking up through my legs. I had tumbled down two rows. Oh, shit. <laughs> and I had these big boots on my feet because it was supposed to be cold. So I had like five socks on these big, big boots. And my feet weigh like, you know, they look like feet weigh 30 pounds each. <laughs> and I'm looking through my legs. I'm all contorted. And I, like, I'm looking at my friend and he's got his hands. He's like, Mike, are you okay? <laughs> and they all come running down to my side. And I'm like, they're like, are you all right? Are you all right? They just saw, like, a little kid's arms and legs underneath me. Like, yeah, let's get the kid out. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. I was like, is there a flag? And they go, no. And I go, ah! And, and I was like, no, pick me up, because I couldn't get myself up. But that became, so that, and then the Giants went on to win the game, and then they won the next game, we were there, and then, of course, they, they did, they canceled Super Bowl 35. For some reason, they didn't play it. Um, <laughs> well, that's funny that you say Wait, that. Wait, when you fell down, did you, did, did, did the uh, you went right back up and watched the rest of the game? Yeah. Yeah, I was fine. I uh, I was like I, I did not shit. hurt myself. Yeah, I don't yeah. know how. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, you know, people say that I had two Zimas that day. Maybe maybe <laughs> the Zimas is what did it. I don't know, but I was totally totally fine. And then the, they they played the the Vikings the next week in the championship game and beat them forty one nothing. And I almost fainted at that game because <laughs> they scored twenty one points in like six minutes. Yeah. And I I was like woozy, but. I was fine. But that became the Ron Dixon story. Yeah. And I told that story for years until my 30th birthday. And I said, you know, I, Big Mike does the, 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 you know, I try to make the impossible possible. And it's a very long story. But bottom line is through social media, I reached out to Ron Dixon and he came to my 30th birthday party. And now I'm like friends with Ron Dixon. And oh, I, when I go to Orlando, I still see him. And did he say he definitely was pointing at you? Did he, did he admit that when, at well, the beginning? Well, he hasn't admitted in public, <laughs> but during late nights when we're together and no one else is around, just by candlelight, yeah. he will whisper into my ear. Oh. And he'll say, Big Mike. I was pointing at you. Well, we went to see him score that touchdown in the Super Bowl as well. He ran back a kick. Unfortunately, we were down by like 80 at the time. And uh, that was the one. Neil and I have been to quite a few Super Bowls. And that was the one that hurt bad because, you know, you go and you win. It's like you don't remember the money. You don't remember anything. That was the holding call one? Yeah, the holding call one. That one just changed the whole game. The holding call of Jesse Armstead. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was brutal. So Ron Dixon still holds the record. Yep. For the most kickoffs returned for a touchdown in a postseason, no one, no one else has ever ran ran back two within the same postseason. He's yep. the only one. He was he was good. He was good at that job. Um, yeah. All right. What That's do you? Great this team right now, Daniel Jones. You, faith? No faith. I do have faith in Daniel Jones. Okay. He, he he reminds me a lot of Eli Manning. He really does. I I just hope he. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he has that other thing that Eli had, you know, yeah. in, a, in the biggest moment he plays his best. I don't know if he has it, and yeah. I don't know if he can get it, but it still remains to be seen. I don't yeah, think he, it's, you know, we, he's got a terrible team around him, so we got uh, well, to hold on. Uh, first of all, I don't know that we it's a bad team around him, but... Um, we both, Neil and I are both thumbs down on Daniel Jones. We don't think he has that thing. That's a good way to put it. We don't think he has that thing. And, all right, uh, yeah. 
Um, we, and, and I respect time that. Will tell. I, and that, and it, you may, very may very way very may well be true. Be true. Yeah. You very way may. I can't even say it. Very may well be right about that. Right. I just don't know. Like I know Tony Romo never had it. Right. We we always know he he just wasn't a winner. I don't know about Daniel Jones yet. There have been moments. I mean, but. Yeah, we still need to be seen. Still well, Dan- to be seen. Daniel Jones is really good. You saw it the last game, even though he tripped and fell off the five-yard line. <laughs> 17. Embarrassed- 17. yard line embarrassment. <laughs> he, uh, oh, uh, he'll never live that down for the rest. I think it might yeah. have scarred his whole career. I think that was worse than your story, to be honest with you. Know <laughs> you know I mean? Like, he... Like he the only way out of a moment like that is to win a Super Bowl. I think he blacked out and woke up. And <laughs> yeah, maybe you were he standing fa- maybe over he him, did like, pass what? out. Get he up. got so excited. It's possible, yeah. My he, was so, he had the, the field was so wide open. He just he fell down. He couldn't take it no more. He's one, yeah. I think he's one of those quarterbacks that's only good if he runs a lot. And they and they, if they would run him a lot and call plays for running, then he can't do he that because that's he, how Dak Dak Prescott. You, perfect example you don't want a quarterback who's not really a runner i mean to just run. get three yeah, or four but, but get three or four years out of him and try to win a super bowl but he's got to run at least one every four downs he's got to be running no. he, he's a running quarterback not a he's not a throwing quarterback he's a running guy let him run that's not true he's a he's a throwing quarterback it's just can he no. make the decisions fast enough no look and at if the, he can't then you run no that's look at the works. game the other night that was so exciting they're both running quarterbacks they're both the best quarter the, the league has changed just let him run more mm. that's my philosophy that's my philosophy that's dumb he'll they're, be dead in a couple years yeah, exactly. but so be it he'll be dead in a couple of years um, do you agree with that big mike that i think that yeah they'd be more successful if they did uh, call plays that allowed him to run but i have seen enough of it in his passing that doesn't make me think he is not a passing quarterback i think that it, it's more about holding on to the ball and, and learning the basics of being a quarterback in the nfl that he needs at least another season before I can give you an ultimate determination. That's good. I mean, that's fair. I agree with that one. Uh, it's very frustrating him holding the ball. If I, I don't think I've ever yelled, throw it more times in my <laughs> life. Like, stop holding <laughs> the ball than this guy. But other than uh, the quarterback uh, progressing, what's the, what? how would you fix it? What's the first player or position you want to fix? I think they, they really have to look in the mirror and figure out why. Why, why can this team never, ever, ever get off the field on third down? (laughs) And why can they never, ever, ever? I mean, it's historic. It's it's a problem that goes back (laughs) generations. If you put the NY on your helmet, you can't make a big stop in a big moment. And that's extremely frustrating. I mean, how many how many teams did have have the Giants had in the history in the annals? (laughs) that actually could do that, that well, actually could do the goal line stand with the Denver Broncos in the snow and just punch them in the mouth. <laughs> yeah, well, I think it's it goes back to this. It's a, it's kind of a philosophy of what's happened with football, and I'm going to answer your question, right? They don't, like, Neil's a huge Steeler fan, and the reason why the Steelers are always good oh, the franchise in the franchise history from... The 70s to now, they value the linebacker position. And the Giants, for some reason, since like Lawrence Taylor walked out that door, they learned nothing from it. They've had about 
two good ones. You know, Antonio Pierce yeah. maybe was a pretty good middle linebacker, but after that, I can't name the seven hundred guys they what played about linebacker. The guy that blew his fingers yeah. off. He was, oh, he was. I mean, but he wasn't. He was more of a down lineman. Yeah, but he was good. Uh, yeah, but he was. They played a four three as a down lineman, uh, but they never had like a middle linebacker on Mike Singletary. They haven't had that position or two guys like Carl Banks. I mean, they had three guys then: Gary Reasons, Carl Banks, and and Taylor, who were just menaces. You know, like they were great yeah. linebackers. They could stop the run. They could make a stop. They could fill a gap. They knew their role, and they could guard the other team's tight end. The, now in football, these guys are so they'll go four wide on you. And the other team always has a great tight end now. These guys are big guys, big bodies. And for some reason, the Giants, because they have no linebackers to cover them, cover them with the free safety or the strong safety. And we just, when it's third and three, a guy, it's like basketball. The guy just puts his big body in front of these little guys and catches the three-yard pass. When a, a guy just banging the crap out of him coming over the middle, they may not catch that pass. you know. So we just don't value that position. And it, you're absolutely right, Mike. We cannot get off the field on third down for at least at least the last seven years i mean and what's funny yeah. is on our third down we refuse to draft a tight end that can actually do that to the other team like we refuse yeah. this evan ingram he's a good player but everybody thinks oh we're not going to trade Since this what's guy his name he's okay who's he's the, okay who's the legendary bavaro, uh, bavaro. Yeah, yeah, he was guy, the guy. guy we didn't learn from mark bavaro that was the exact guy a big dude makes every catch great hands there's, knows how to get well, open well there's one thing that helps Grinder. the giants more than anything yeah and what do you think it is that helps the Giants? That saves the Giants every year. No matter, even on a year like this year, there's always one thing that saves the Giants. Very much like the Yankees. The Jets. Exactly. <laughs> and, and I don't know how I feel about Coach Dutch. I just don't know yet. I just won't know. Uh, he shows me a little bit, but yeah. I don't know. Right now, I really like Joe Judge. He's got to rebuild the team, and he realizes it. And I don't think anybody has any more expectations. I think we're still holding on to him. We were holding on to him, Ben McAdoo, and then because we had it all changed, and so everybody's like, "Okay, it can't be this Ben McAdoo guy. He's the young hip guy. It's got to be Eli yeah. Manning." So he went, and that whole regime changed. And then, Wait, uh, of course, he turned out to be a bust. So Pat Sherman is a great coordinator, and he couldn't fix anything either. So now, all right, so now we're gonna go young, and we'll work on it from there. I like Joe Judge. He's a disciplined guy um but yeah, time will tell something. we have no players I, right now so it doesn't matter now would you guys I also oh, think you have to you have to grade his season the under the circumstances that he's playing because these have to be unimaginable circumstances for your first season as a new york football giant head coach you know what i mean yeah. it's these aren't typical this is not a typical situation it's not a typical season he still has the same problem he would still have the same problems, even if we weren't under under a global catastrophe. But I think it's important to also consider that. But what hurts the most is that that was a playoff game last week. That was that had all that you know that that has playoff implications because the NFC the NFC East is so bad. And in the moment when we needed to stop, when they needed to get it done, it's the same old Giants that we've seen for the last 10 years, 20 years, 30. Same thing when you need it. It don't happen, and it that that hurt. I I felt that was the worst I felt in a long time after Giants lost. Well, I mean, I that's, felt like I was still holding on to something. Now, that's, one more. So, do you guys go to the because of the craziness? Would you guys, if they open up Giant Stadium, do you guys go to those games? Would you sit in the crowd and watch? I we are now looking at possibly go. So every another thing Lenny knows about that. Me and my group of friends, we go 
to one away game every year. We've been doing it. The first one we did was Minnesota when the stadium collapsed. We were in Minnesota for that's that game. Right, that's right. And I got interviewed by Channel 5. So <laughs> I went national. It was a great interview because I was big like the Angry Giants fan. And it was insane. It was a great trip. You're also good we luck. Don't want it, we don't want to cancel the trip this year. And we're possibly looking at Cincinnati because they are letting fans in. There's a lot of things to consider. But ultimately, yes, under the situation with the protocols that I know they're putting in place and the fact that they're limiting fans, this is this is the game for Big Mike, man. Like, going to see a professional football game in a, a, a stadium that's 80% empty, I, I think I had a dream about this eight years ago. I just didn't realize it was going to come to reality. That, well, that's just a regular game in Cincinnati, by the way. You could spread out. <laughs> they don't have fans at that point. Would you, sit, would you go to a stadium? No, I go to the stadium now. No, but would you just go to a stadium? Never. Never. Right never. now, not Never. now, not worth it. Why? Yeah. No. All right, let's move on. All right, the last corner we're going to do today, I want to do a quiz. It's a quiz about food. I'm going to put Neil in the soundproof booth. And okay. Neil, get in the booth, please. We going in my, uh, no, go in Bertie's room. Yeah. Or the bedroom. Try out the bed. Okay. Giving Neil my bed. I'm getting a new bed so he can have the old bed. Um, this is... Are you closing the door? All right, good. No, but Gina's in the office. Oh, okay. Okay, this is a food quiz. Mike, okay. I'm going to give you a signature food. You give me the fast food restaurant. Like if I said a $5 foot long, you would say? Subway. Correct. All right, so these are 15 questions. We'll see how uh, you're a food expert, obviously. We'll see if you can bang this out. You ready? Number one, Shack Burger. Shake Shack. Number two, Whopper. Burger King. The Ultimate Feast. Say that again? The Ultimate Feast. The Ultimate Feast? Uh-huh. I think they go with those at Domino's. Nope. Next one. The Grand Slam. Uh, Denny's. Yep. Dave Single. Wendy's. Yep. Blizzard. Dairy Queen. Yep. Famous Hot Dog. Nathan's. Yep. The Original Slider. Uh, this White Castle. Yep. Burrito Bowl. A burrito bowl, and that that could be a lot of things. I'll say Moe's. Uh, no, with uh, Chipotle on that one. Munchkins. Dunkin' Donuts. The original recipe fried chicken. Kentucky Fried Chicken. Original BBQ chicken pizza. Uh, I guess I'll go with Domino's. No, good try. Cinnamon sugar pretzel nuggets bucket. Nope. Garlic butter bacon burger. The garlic butter bacon burger. Ugh. Uh, chilies. Nope. And the double double. Double double. Uh, Got to know California to know that one. Oh, uh, I guess in and out burger. Yeah, you go. That's a good hint. That was you gave me a hint on I that. I gave you a hint on that one. I'll have to give Neil the same hint. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten out of fifteen. Not bad. At, at the end, say the feast of San Jamo. <laughs> See if he gets it at Subway. Okay. Neil. Neil. All right, let's bring Neil back in here. 
and uh, we'll see if he can crank them out. Once in a while, he 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 usually loses. Not gonna lie to you, here he is. All right, let's get the buzzer ready for Neil. You have a shot, Neil. All right, so let's do it. This is a little hard. It's a a food quiz. I'm gonna give you the signature food. You give me the fast food restaurant. So if I said five dollar foot long, you would say Subway. There you go. Okay, so here we go. Um, he got ten out of fifteen. Okay. All right. Oh shit! I got you. Got a chance. Shack Burger. Shake Shack. Yep. Whopper. Burger King. Yep. The ultimate feast. The ultimate feast. Red Lobster. Ooh. <laughs> Is that right? Yes. Oh, popcorn shrimp, baby. <laughs> Sunday night popcorn shrimp. That was a highlight with my family. The Grand Slam. <laughs> uh, Daddy's. Yep. Dave Single. Uh, Wendy's? Yes. Oh, I was grabbing the buzzer. <laughs> Blizzard. Uh, Dairy Queen. Yes. Famous hot dog. I guess uh, uh, Nathan's? Yep. Okay. Oh, my God. He's on fire. The original slider. Uh, White Castle? Yeah. Whoa. Those are, those are bad for you. The burrito bowl. <laughs> those will kill you. A burrito bowl has got to be Chipotle. Oh, my God. Uh, he went one way wrong. Munchkins. Dunkin's, Dunkin's now, not Dunkin' Donuts. Okay. Original recipe fried chicken. Kentucky fried chicken. Oh, my God. Original barbecue chicken pizza. California chicken. Wait, what? What is it? Original, Original barbe- barbecue chicken pizza. I, got, I would just say the California chicken place. What's no? that mean? Isn't that the... Oh, is it fast food place? Ooh. I don't know then. What's I, the name of the place? I thought it, the place... Clarify is, the name of the place. California know, Pizza Kitchen. <laughs> California <laughs> Pizza Kitchen. Yes, Wolfgang, yeah. Wolfgang. There's a one in Vegas right by the Mirage Sportsbook. <laughs> That's why we That's know That's their it. signature dish. Yeah. The Cinnamon Sugar Pretzel Nuggets Bucket. Oh, I know this one because it's at the outlets. Annie's? Uh, Aunt Annie's? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I ate, I ate those at the airport one time when I was desperate. I almost died. I love they're that hor- stuff. They're horrible. What? They're delicious. Horrible. Oh, my God. It's like the best food Cinnabon ever. Cinnabon is, is de- you can deal with it. you got to love Auntie Anne's, Aunt- right, Big Mike? Oh, yeah, I do. Come I on. Do. I don't Fuck know why I didn't, it didn't pop in my head, but, you know, listen, if I was more successful going to the Mirage or if I was 411 pounds, I'd probably get 15 for 15. Yeah. <laughs> Garlic, butter, bacon, burger. Let's see if you can get this one. Garlic, butter, butter bacon, bacon, burger. Well, that just sounds horrible for you. Uh, That's a tough one. I mean, it could be any place, so I'll just guess Gar- Carl's Jr.? Oh, that was a good guess, though. No, Sonic. 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 Oh, shit. I would not have gotten that. I don't, I don't, I've never really eaten out of Sonic. And the last one, I don't think he's going to need the hint, Mike. The double-double. Oh... The double double. I mean, I want to say you the mic Shake hint. Shack. I'll give you the hint. Wendy's. No, no. Wait, let me give you the hint. Okay. It's you got to be in L.A. for this. The double double. Oh, fat burger. <sighs> Neil. Tommy's. In and out burger. Oh, in and out. How do you get that wrong? He <laughs> went fourteen for fifteen. <laughs> oh, Neil wins. I know fast food, baby. Woo! Oh wow! That Thanks, mom and dad. Great, great Thanks, mom and dad, for raising me on fast food. Ah, all right. That is ridiculous. All right. The way we end this show every week is we do one good thing or one bad thing of the week that's happened to you. I will start, Neil, this week. My good th- I have a good thing this week. I actually did some plumbing. I 
fixed the toilet. It was running forever since we moved in, and they have a thing inside called the flapper. All these people are laughing at me at home now. But it's just like, you know, the thing when you pull yep. the lever, the, the thing goes up. Yep. And I had worn out and not seated correctly, so I bought, I had to do the research on what toilet I have, and I changed the flapper on my toilet. So when you bought this place, you got scammed a little bit. They hid scammed. the flapper they, on you. And it was they just running, you know, flapper. like, oh, your toilet's running, your toilet's yeah, yeah, running. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. because maybe your flapper isn't sealed right. And that's what I learned. It took me a year, and I'm like, okay, what if I like I look into it like yeah did you YouTube I, like you YouTube of the video? course I YouTube and then video. you went in there and you solved yep. it oh shit you like that's that. a big moment there you go Lenny Vila Jew plumbing never see that <laughs> alright um, Mike you got a good thing or a bad thing of the week I'll let Neil go last this week uh, good thing good thing I, I had pitched an idea uh, in the radio stations and it got run up the chain all the way to the Nassau County Executive's office. Wow. Oh, wow. And they're going to take the idea. Oh, nice. And they're going to run with it. It's going to be a thing. There's going to be a press conference, and I'm going to be a part of it. Fantastic. And I can't share a lot of details, but I am going to be dressed as a turkey. Oh, wow. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Congratulations. And uh, just so you know, me and Lenny are always available, just so you know. That's right. <laughs> Neil loves dressing as sauce. If you need some oh, gravy. Oh, yeah, I can be a piece of bread. I'll be mashed potatoes. Um, Go ahead, Neil. Look oh, I think I saw the turkey hero. That's, oh, no, <laughs> that's go. good. Uh, uh, My good thing is I, I made my uh, entryway a little late into social media. You did. And I got like 16,000, even though it wasn't me. What? I got a bunch of hits on that thing. On so your video? There's a supermarket sweep. I play the security guard and, and I'm going to now. Right. What's your, go ahead, give me the, what's the handle for on Instagram? It's uh, Neil the security. Neil the security? Yeah, even though it's, it's not Neil the security guard? No, I just put Neil the security. I All felt right. security guard was a little, a little, a uh, bo- little uh, clunky. That's on. That's on the gram. That's on the gram. It's at Neil Security. At Neil the Security. It's on Twitter. As it's well? on Twitter and Instagram. It oh, go. Wow. Well, it won't be up until Friday because I had to do some things. But I, I actually got I someone the supermarket and Leslie put it out and it got a lot of hits and I. Yeah. Uh, so. If you look at either Leslie Jones's Instagram or you look at Supermarket Sweep. Yep. ABC on Twitter and Instagram, you'll see some videos and highlights of so I guess, behind yeah. the scenes what stuff really that got cut for time. What I'm really trying to tell the public is, I don't know if they know, this Twitter and Instagram is really good stuff. <laughs> 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 Nobody's ever heard of it. Um, well, Big Mike, this has been a lot of fun. Thank yeah, you so for much for coming this. in and being a good sport as always. And I cannot believe Neil actually beat you in a food quiz. I'm never going to hear the end Dude, of this. you don't understand. I was raised on Facebook. That I had lost 100 pounds. I and did. I'm, I'm, I'm not out of, the, out of the fast food game, but I'm a little out of the game. He yeah. knew so, them all. He was just playing. He was just being nice. I think he was being yeah, nice. Yeah, he was just being nice. Well, I mean, he could tell you how there are probably the foods made or stuff like that. Well, you didn't even get to a lot of my favorites Whataburger, James Coney Island. Because I don't know if they have famous, I couldn't find famous uh, meals yeah. for them. But anyway, Mike, thank you so much for doing this and uh, stay the course. Hopefully, next time we talk to you, you lose another hundy. And, uh, you know, you're running a radio station. That's what uh, I hope yeah. happens. All right. It was really great. Great talking to you again. And, you know, I'm always looking for opportunities to, to do more things. And uh, I really, really enjoyed being on the show. It brought me back to spending that week with you and uh, you and the team when we filmed The Walker. Yeah. Thanks. And I really do miss you. Thank and you can you put that. The Walker so too. our fans can watch The, the Walker? The Walker's on my website, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Maybe, you can hide, maybe you can put it on this thing, this Instagram or Twitter <laughs> thing. <laughs> Sounding old, Neil. All right. Bye, everybody. We'll see you next week.
podcast was created, hosted, produced, and engineered by me, Lenny Marcus. Executive producers Matt Kleinschmidt and Robert Kelly for the Laugh Button Podcast. <laughs>